Today with Pastor David Robinson on Contemplate. This is important. There are a lot of voices, a lot of voices in our culture and in our society, in this world, that are lying to you about your purpose, about your impact, about your worth, about your value. A lot of voices that are lying to you about that. Okay? God is telling you here in his word that you have eternal value. That you were carefully, uniquely, wonderfully made. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington. And this is another Contemplate podcast. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Thanks for being here as we bring you part two in our series, What's Your Unique? Once again, Pastor David is pulling no punches as he teaches us about our value to God and the purpose of our lives. Please get out your Bibles as we join Pastor David Robinson with today's lesson recorded live at Acts Church. Here's Pastor David. By the way, I'm aware that this, uh, the words on the screen here are not grammatically correct. It's the way I wanted to write it. And what I mean by what's our unique, what's your unique, is that I'm asking what's unique about you and what's unique about us as, as the body of Christ, as part of the body of Christ. What's unique? What is it that, that God has given to you that makes you special and unique? What is it that God has done in this body to make us unique and to be uniquely gifted and resourced to do his work? So we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. We're going to walk through that. One of the ministry roles of the elders here at Acts Church is to resource each of you, each person in this place that's called to be part of the body of Christ at Acts Church to help you find what makes you unique and to help resource you to grow in that and who you are and the gifts and, and all the things that God's given you. It's part of, it's part of our, our ministry role and it is a great joy to us. I cannot tell you how much of a joy it is to see people start to find the truly who they are and start to push away the lies that they've been told their whole life and, and come into the beauty that they are. In Jesus Christ. And so that's part of our role, and that's, that's part of what we're in kind of the process of right now is discovering what makes each of us unique, what makes Acts Church, which is all of us, unique. So there's a picture here. Um, who knows what this is? Anybody? What is it? Sushi? No? Cell. It's a cell, yeah. It's a cell. We're going to do some science, all right? Good times. Uh, this is a cell. Cells are incredibly complex, okay? They used to think they were just kind of like little floaty things and, you know, they're little plasma things in there because that's all they could see because we didn't have microscopes that could really go deep into the structure of a cell. It turns out these things are incredibly complex, okay? There are, uh, they have all these different parts that have to work together, okay? And these are not big things. There are actually trillions of them in your body right now. That's, that's what your body's made up of, okay? Which is an incredible, incredible thing. But there's all these, these cells in your body, and each one of them carries in that nucleus, that little center, I think it's purpley-looking thing, that carries your DNA. 
your DNA, and that's the code for building you. That is the, those are the blueprints for you, okay? The, the unique blueprints for building your body, it determines what you're going to look like, whether you're going to be tall or tall challenged, what color your eyes are going to be, and on and on and on, okay? Uh, we also have what some have referred to as spiritual DNA, spiritual DNA. This is not actually DNA, okay? It's not a physical thing, but it's a way of describing the unique set, set of gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given you, has endowed you with, okay? Every person who is a follower of Christ has a unique spiritual makeup, a unique spiritual makeup. It's, it's your own. And in every case, that makeup, those gifts, talents, and abilities are good. They're good things. All of you who follow Christ have a spiritual DNA, as we're referring to it. And it's made up of good things for us to discover. Now, remember the verse from the last time two weeks ago when I was teaching and, and, we, and we looked at kind of the, the central verse for kind of the series that we're doing. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Members individually. The context here is that we, as the church, are the body of Christ. Okay, we're going to talk more about that specific part later. But we are members individually. Members individually. Just like your body is made up of individual, unique parts the body of Christ is made up of individual, unique individuals, okay? Um, even the parts of, of your body that are like in pairs are actually unique. My right ear is substantially larger than my left ear. Um, don't, why are you looking at my ear? Uh, don't, don't do that. I'm, I'm going to be all like the rest of the sermon. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> it's like, you know, I remember when I discovered that when I was younger, I'm like, ah, so I... This is my side for selfies, so the left ear side. It's a little smaller. Um, in any case, every part of your body is unique. Every part of your body is unique, and, and you need it all to make up your body, to make the unique things that make you, you. And each one of you who is a Christ follower has been given, granted different gifts and abilities. These gifts and abilities were planned specially for you from the beginning. Okay, this is important to understand because it's not haphazard. Okay, this is not a lottery. This is craftsmanship. Let's look at a couple of different passages in the scriptures. Uh, Psalm 139, verses 13 through 17 says this For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. There are no secrets to God about who you are. He made you specifically and has a specific plan for you. Here's the other thing. God, being perfect, does not make mistakes. God does not make mistakes, okay? 
He has blessed every disciple of Christ, every follower of Christ, with gifts and abilities and a purpose and a plan. Every one of you, okay? That's a Christ follower. Let's read another scripture passage. This is from the letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. You've been saved by grace, the gift of God. Okay, do you pay for gifts? No. They're free, right? They're given to you. You did not pay for it. You did not earn it. Okay, he gave it to you. Jesus paid for the grace that you have. He paid for it. It was given to you when you became a follower of Christ. So God gave you life. Life from your rebellion, from the death that came from your rebellion. He saved your life. Why? Why did he do that? Well, here's one reason. Let's read the, next, the, the last verse, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay? One of the reasons that God saved you is he loved you so much that you're his workmanship. Okay? He crafted you with care and purpose. Like a, a good craftsman. Okay? Just like we were reading the Psalms, knitting you together. He took care and thought when he ordained your days, when he made you, when he gave you your gifts. And it was for good works. Good works. The stuff that God has for you to do is good. It's good stuff. It's good for you. It's good for others. It's good. It's a good thing. Okay? He prepared these works beforehand that you should walk in them. So when people ask, what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose? Boom, here you go. You have a purpose. You have a purpose in your life. You know what it is. It's right here. You're a Christ follower. God has a purpose for you. Not some haphazard purpose. Not, this is not a microwave pizza. This is the one that you took the care for. You, you craft that pizza with, with care and you bake it, and you do whatever. You're going to think different about that than the Totinos that you toss in the microwave, right? You are the one he crafted with care. Okay, and everyone's thinking of themselves as a pizza. Um, you're, you're, you're special, different, unique. God thought about it. He considered it. He has eternity to do so. He can sit there for as long as he ever wants to and think just and only and infinitely about you. And he can be doing that about everyone at the same time. That's the, that's the majesty of who God is. And that's what he has done. He's thought about you. And he's, he's prepared a purpose and a plan for you. This should be really good news. Really good news to you. Okay? This is important. This is important. There are a lot of voices. A lot of voices in our culture and in our society, in this world, that are lying to you about your purpose about your impact, about your worth, about your value. A lot of voices that are lying to you about that. Okay? God is telling you here in his word that you have eternal value. That you were carefully, uniquely, wonderfully made. For good works that have an eternal value. Okay? 
You're going to live and walk in these works, and he loves you, that he wants to be with you. That's what he's saying about who you are, okay? That, that not only did God made you, that when you rebelled against him, he himself paid the price for you because he loves you so much so that you could continue to walk in the works which he had prepared beforehand for you to do. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares, but that's how much he thinks about every single Christ follower because you are special and unique and infinitely important to him. You don't craft something and forget about it and toss it away. Your, your masterpiece is not something that you just forget about. The scriptures tell us that he cares for you, that he loves you, died for you, rose again, and will raise you up to be with him in eternity. But right now there are some very loud voices, sometimes obnoxious voices in the world saying that you have no purpose at all. No purpose at all. The worldview of naturalism, which is becoming more and more and more prevalent, okay? Naturalism, which is uh, basically atheism, okay? It basically is saying, look, there's nothing beyond the physical universe. You can't see it, touch it, taste it, smell it. It doesn't exist. And you're, and you're silly to believe that it does. And that science has proven this, which is absurd. Absurd, Okay? But if, if it's true that there's nothing beyond what you can see, taste, touch, taste, smell, and so on, that the universe is closed, that everything is natural, there's nothing supernatural, then that means that there is no God. And that you are nothing more. Listen, you have to follow where this goes, okay? This is important. If you buy into that, you have to buy into this. It follows completely. You are nothing more than a meat sack, Okay? that exists as nothing more than a relatively bright member of the animal kingdom. Relatively. Okay, that's what they would say. And then they'd say, unless you believe in God, and then you're not even a relatively bright member of the animal kingdom is what they would try to tell you. You're here by chance. Completely by chance. Okay? You're going to die, and you're going to be forgotten. And guess what? Everyone else who might remember you is also going to die also, and the universe will end in heat death at some point, and none of this will ever matter, and there's nothing beyond what's right now, right here. Yay. <laughs> Woo. That's a, that's a fun philosophy, kind of stuff that makes a person feel good, right? Um, your relationship with your spouse, with your children, your friends, it's not about love because that's not real, because show it to me. You show it to me. That's what a naturalist would say. It's not real. You are a meat sack experiencing chemical reactions, which give you a chemical sensation that gives you some fake sense of meaning. And why do you have that? Well, so that you'll stay alive long enough to reproduce, procreate, and make more little meat sacks. Right? Why should you make more meat sacks? We don't know. Right? Who cares? They're all going to die and we're going to end in a heat death. Let's eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die. This is nothing new. But it's loud right now. It's loud. You could not possibly have any purpose under the worldview that is being espoused by those who are almost the loudest right now, especially if you're at ages, you know, in school to... 30, 35. In that, in that spot, that is probably the dominant voice. What we see is more and more and more people call it becoming what they call nuns. I have no religious beliefs. I have no religious values. I have no connection to anything transcendent. 
because these voices are so loud and people don't, people don't follow the conclusions that, that have to follow from this atheistic, naturalistic worldview. Okay? You cannot be part of anything that is greater than yourself under atheism because there is nothing that's greater or good at all because those words are meaningless because you exist by chance and everything else exists by chance and none of it really matters. None of it really matters. Um, I was reading a piece where the author who described himself as a secular person, you know, read atheist, right, mentioned um, this, okay? He says, people who feel that their life has meaning experience a substantially higher sense of well-being and even physical health. Okay, so he recognizes this. this is, he goes on to say this. Psychologist and director of the Laboratory for the Study of Meaning and Quality of Life found that many people gain a great deal of psychological benefit from understanding what their lives are about and how they fit within the world around them. His research demonstrates that people who have a sense of life meaning, and purpose feel in general more happy as well as more satisfied on a daily level and also feel less depressed, anxious, and are less likely to engage in risky behaviors. That makes sense, right? Because believing that other thing about the meat sack stuff, well, who cares, right? Who cares? There's no meaning, right? Um, a deeper sense of life, meaning, and purpose also predicts better physical health. An increased sense of life, meaning, and purpose correlates with reduced risk of heart attack, the leading cause of death in the United States, and stroke, another of the top five leading causes of death. With such benefits for mental and physical well-being, it's no wonder that a strong sense of life, meaning, and purpose predicts longevity. This author goes on to suggest that we not look to the transcendent, that which is beyond what we can see and touch and feel, uh, to God, essentially, not to look to the transcendent. Not to look to a creator, one who could actually give you purpose, the only possible way out of purposelessness, because if it's not a creator, it is all just chance, right? And there isn't any purpose. He says, don't look to that. Rather, he suggests finding purpose in science. Essentially, he suggests that people should invent, invent a purpose for their lives to gain the benefits that we see people have who believe in a purpose in their life. Basically, he admits that there are these incredible benefits, and he's telling people to lie to themselves, to convince themselves that there are benefits, so they're less likely to have a heart attack. Of course, why we should care, or they should care whether they have a heart attack, that's not explained. But that's what's going on. There's another commenter under this article who I think is a little more honest about the problem, okay? Recognizing the obviousness of what atheism leads to. He says this. If purpose is defined as the reason for existence, then we have no purpose beyond the biological imperatives to survive and reproduce. One can give one's life purpose, but there is no purpose to life. That's, that's where that leaves us, okay? Now I can at least respect the intellectual honesty of this honest atheist who says, listen, don't, you can go ahead and do this whole thing where we fool ourselves and convince ourselves to believe something that's not true so that we'll have purpose. What is it that they're complaining about, about people of faith? That they're convincing themselves that something that's not true is true in their mind? But we should do it too, as long as it's not God. We should do that too, because it turns out that when people understand where they fit and that they have a purpose and there's a reason for living, that they live longer, that they're happier, that they're less anxious. 
Yeah, go figure. Having a purpose in life. The uh, gentleman who people refer to as the Dalai Lama says, I believe that the purpose of life is to be happy. I believe that the purpose of life is to be happy. Now, this seemingly benign quote is actually much more dangerous than it sounds. If the purpose of, the life, of life is to be happy, if that's the purpose, then we get into this thing where we start judging the value of someone's life based on how happy they are. And what happens when someone's not happy? I'm not always happy. Are you always happy? This is exactly the kind of reasoning that leads to doctors making decisions and suggesting the ending of people's lives who they think aren't happy enough. They call it quality of life. I don't think this person has a high enough quality of life. Let's stop, let's stop giving them care. All this stuff that's going to come when, when we start rationing care someday, like, like they do in some other countries, this is, this is, where, this is where the philosophy meets the action. Your worldview has consequences. If you believe that the meaning, that the purpose of life is to be happy, then it's not going to be any problem for you to take someone who you perceive as being unhappy and saying they have no purpose in their life. Why should we continue to care for them? That's where this leads, okay? That's where this leads. Happiness is not a purpose. It's a feeling, and it's a fickle one in my experience. Purpose can only be given by a creator, right? A carpenter builds stairs for what reason? So you can get to the second floor, right? Because I can't jump that high. That's why he builds the stairs. They have a purpose. They have a purpose, right? An engineer makes a car. Why? So you can drive to church on Sunday, right? That's what that's for, um, if you didn't know that. Um, and, and so, look, he makes a car with a purpose, there's a purpose. There's a reason. The car doesn't just decide, well, I don't believe there was a manufacturer, and so I've decided I want to be a basketball. I'm going to create some purpose for my life. No. It's made with a purpose. And how, <laughs> What is the obviousness? If something has a purpose, it had to have a maker. Makers make things with purpose. If there's no maker, then the atheists are right, and there is no purpose. Okay, here's, here's what I'm trying to tell you today. Don't listen to the wisdom of the world, which is not wisdom. It's not wisdom. The voices are loud, and I understand that, and I especially my heart breaks for our young people, the younger that they are, because this is driven at them. Because it gives all kinds of other stuff. It gives you all kinds of other, other goodies, like I don't have to worry about what's right or what's wrong or what's right for you is right for you, what's right for me is right for me because I define my own purpose, because I create my own purpose, because there is nothing transcendent that would ever say that something is objectively right or wrong. See, all this follows from it. And then we raise a, a generation of young people who we've lied to constantly, and we wonder why they don't understand their purpose. We wonder why they're despondent. We wonder why we see the suicide that we've seen. Because if you don't believe you have any purpose and if you believe the, life, the meaning of life, the purpose of life is to be happy, what happens when you're not happy anymore and you know you're just a meat sack? <laughs> we've seen what happens. We've seen what happens. So this is important, Christ followers. This is important. 
These lies are not from God. God knows your story. He planned it in infinite love for you. And it's an exciting, magnificent story that is unique and important and special to him. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, with part two of What's Your Unique? here on Contemplate. The Bible is very clear how much God loves us. We're not just biding our time. He created each of us with a purpose and cares deeply about our now and our future. What a blessing. Now, if you'd like more information about Axe Church, we'd love to hear from you. Call us at 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000. Or find us online at axcamus.org. And while you're there, get directions so you can join us for church this Sunday. Again, that's axcamus, camus with a C, axcamus.org. Hope to see you this Sunday. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Great to have you along, and I hope you'll click on the next podcast for another great Bible lesson with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.